Hello and welcome to another episode of Sexual Confidence on Tap with Shannon Etheridge and friends, where today we're going to be talking with a very old friend. But first, let me check in with my new friend. <laughs> you know you're not new. You're just young. I'm you're not your new friend. You're, you're, I'm younger. You're, you're my younger friend, not my older yes, friend. That's right. I'm <laughs> young 37. Thank and, you. And you just recently had a birthday. Yes, two days ago. Yeah. I think that it's funny that your birthday just happened to fall on Steak and BJ Day. <laughs> <laughs> so where was my family last night? And I told them that my, on my birthday is Steak and BJ Day. And both my brothers just looked at me like, what is wrong with you? Like I had three heads, <laughs> like I'm an okay overly sex crazed woman to have in yeah. your family. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They know me well. It's okay. We You're probably thinking we, we don't want to know this about our little sister. I know. And my husband's sitting right next to me and they're all looking at Brian like, well, you know, they're sitting there thinking, well, did it happen? Aren't or, you the lucky one? <laughs> did it not? Or we hate you because your wife loves sex so much. Yeah. I know. So anyways, it was a great birthday. So I just want to let everyone know that um, I may sound really nasally today. And for yeah. that, I apologize, but it is not coronavirus. <laughs> can well, you, can you believe what a wrench this has thrown into our world these past couple of I weeks? Know. I know. I know it's hard and you just, uh, everyone's feeling the ripple effects, whether it's, you know, finances or canceling plans or kids out of school and, you know, it, it's affecting everything. And I hear that the divorce rate goes way up as a result of seasons like this. Really? But there's a flip side to that coin too. In nine months, <laughs> we're going to see a big baby boom babies everywhere exactly yeah. <laughs> and i saw this cool meme that in 13 years from now when all of those baby boomer children are becoming teenagers they will be called the quarantines <laughs> <laughs> literally the teens that were conceived <laughs> during the, the quarantine in the quarantine that's awesome <laughs> yeah so um today we're going to be talking about what men can do to comfort their wives and remain connected to them and building um you know just a a close connection with them because these are scary times and it seems right. as if women can get particularly off kilter because mm -hmm. we crave security so much. So right. I wanted to invite Dr. Corey Allen to be a part of this conversation because A, he's one of the most solid men that I know. And B, uh, that's kind of his whole message is teaching men how to be solid. Um, so Corey is someone that I used to do a podcast with um, and he continues to do it. Back then it was called Sexy Marriage Radio. Now he calls it Sexy Marriage Nation. Um, but we recorded over 200 episodes together. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's four and a half years <laughs> of doing shows together. All right. So you're kind of the podcast queen is what you're saying. <laughs> well, you had one back then. Now you got me and you had Corey and you're just, you've been around Shannon. <laughs> I've really been around. <laughs> I cannot count the number of different podcasts I've been a host on. So I guess you could call me a podcast slut in you that regard. Are. I you really are. <laughs> Such a hussy. <laughs> and, and I am not ashamed of, of that <laughs> title, podcast hussy. You um, like it. <laughs> yeah, I love, t -shirt. 
I love disseminating healthy, encouraging, inspiring information for individuals and couples. So if that makes me a podcast slut, so be it. (laughs) (laughs) So on today's episode, Michelle, what are we going to talk about? What kind of carrots are we going to dangle in front of these mules to keep them plodding through to the end? (laughs) Our listeners are not mules. I agree. I agree. I just, you know, that's that image of, you know, what, what is the Jerry Seinfeld said that time on episode? (laughs) He's going to dangle that coat in front of you like a dirt farmer dangles a carrot in front of a mule. (laughs) So that's where I get that expression from. All right. Y'all are not mules. You're a beautiful uh Clydesdales with shiny coats and you're not mules although let's admit it we can all be asses when we want to be yes I know (laughs) when we want to be it comes out sometimes so so today we are talking about signals and mirrors trust equals lust I like that one I want to hear more about that fixing versus connecting and then presenting something worth wanting there you go. That sounds so much like my friend, Dr. Corey Allen. So without further ado, let's dive right into this interview. All right. So Corey, thank you so much for joining us. I'm sure that um, you have also been feeling the ripple effects of the chaos in our world. And so I'm eager to hear your thoughts on how can couples stay connected during this time and specifically what do men need to do to help their wives feel connected and loved so that they are sexually interested? We're going to tackle all of that in one show. (laughs) We're going to scratch the surface. How's that? (laughs) When you think of just the state of the way things go in in the world, particularly in the moment that is, you know, as far as we're recording this and the whole, all the uncertainty and the unknown that, that comes along with anything that hits on a worldwide scale uh, like this. Uh, it throws everybody off, right? Some people can act like it's no big deal and some people panic and go crazy and we're all somewhere on that curve. Yeah. So if you think about it though, that's just a exacerbation of the, what we do with life in some regards of how do we kind of feel like we have some measure of control in the midst of chaos so because if you have a house with kids you know chaos right <laughs> it isn't control a figment of our imagination anyway absolutely as far as controlling the things surrounding us yes yeah. uh, we we really have very little but i do have choice in how i choose to operate within that chaos and that's the difference to me because if you think about it i mean so ladies, I'm assuming you guys can understand this, this whole philosophy as, as a way to capture the concept of, as we start, of how do you look at this as, if I'm constantly trying to get my spouse to do what I want them to do, I have no control over them. Mm-hmm. Right. But I can control me and the way I interject myself in that dynamic differently. And that's where I think a lot of us miss the boat, particularly men, that they can miss the boat on Am I being someone that's really setting a good tone for the dynamic in the relationship, particularly the sexual one, but even just the whole overarching dynamic of the relationship? Am I consistent? Am I reliable? Do I have integrity and character in all things? You know, those, if I don't, my wife sees that. Mm -hmm. And that falls into the whole concept of trust equals lust for most women. And if she can't trust me, she will not lust after me. 
Exactly. Security is so foundational for a woman to feel the freedom to let her body go in a direction. Her heart needs to be already firmly going in that direction. So what are some of the biggest mistakes that you think that men make that cause their wives to distance themselves sexually as a result? Well, one of them is very simple in that I don't follow through with what I say I'm going to do. And that's even in small little ways. I say I'm going to stop by and pick up milk on my way home from work. And I don't. Even if I go back and get it, I've still got a ding on my trust level. Mm-hmm. So men get caught up in, and this is a woman thing too, because humans are pleasers in a lot of ways too, right? But for men, I've, I would rather avoid disappointing my wife. And so I'll, I'll, I'll go overboard in some regards to try to please with my words, but then I don't follow through, which is a bigger hit rather than, you know what? I'm not swinging by to pick up milk on the way home. I got too much else going on. I'll see you when I get home. That's a better response mm. because then she can, okay, I'll take care of it. She <laughs> I'll can plan around. Mm. Right. Cause then at least it's out in the open. And that's where so much of what happens in married life, particularly our sex lives in marriage, we have so many covert contracts going on that if I do this, this will mean that. And how do I just make it more overt? How do I just be more upfront? And so a lot of times I think men, we hurt ourselves we don't follow through with what we say and then the other is i'm not a good captain of my ship if you will and most women they don't really want to be the captain they'd rather be a good first officer not the Mm -hmm. captain okay uh making total sense uh going back to the trust equals lust thing why do you think that it is that a woman needs that security what what is that all about (laughs) Well, I mean, you kind of touched on it, Shannon, that the idea that Eve is a security-seeking creature at her core, that she wants something she can rely on for her own protection. I mean, if you look at a biblical worldview of Adam and Eve, Adam was created with first and foremost a strength that he was intended to use to protect Eve, who was, who was created in the garden and has a different nature-nurture concept to her on, that's got the whole mothering aspect that's been way possibly overblown over the (laughs) over the years but um, there's an element of most women need something solid in their life to be to allow themselves to be at ease and that's not that's beyond just i have a roof over my head Mm -hmm. that's that's a i've got someone that will greet someone if they come in my house in the middle of the night I don't want to have to do that. Right? And we use the term greeting very loosely. <laughs> well, totally. Usually that greeting is with some sort of a weapon. You know, I live in Texas, so it's for sure a weapon. Um, but, but it's seeing it as you need somebody that can, that you know has your back and support to yeah. take care of and keep things at bay. Yeah, that explains why when I, whenever I know that Charlie is packing heat when we're out in public, I, I, I got to kid around with him. It's like, you're giving me a lady boner just knowing that you are carrying <laughs> a gun right now. There you it, go. It, it is very true that security is a woman's innate deep need. Well, yeah, because she's, I, I think, I mean, I've never been a woman, so I'm, I'm speaking, you know, <laughs> hypothetically here in some regards, <laughs> but it's, it seems like the wiring of a wife or a woman. Um, she is in constant, she has a radar of, of things around her that's different than a man. You know, a man's going to look at these things with a protection, a risk, 
evaluation, everything. She's got a radar going of what are other people's needs? What are their, you know, what's going on? How, you know, there's a different component in that. And that also then wreaks havoc if she's having to read everything else on, is this, is this safe or not? Can I, can I trust this or not? That's a different operating system in our brain. Right, right. So trusting that you're secure in your surroundings physically, but also more importantly, that internal radar of, is he trustworthy? Is he a man of his word? Is he going to do what he's told me he's going to do? So you would recommend being overt in communication that that's the big takeaway from this part of the conversation well as far as her him both what do you mean um i guess it probably would apply to both wouldn't it yeah because this is the dynamic that plays out in sex in marriage um you know shannon you're versed with this because of the years we've had together on a show um the idea of there's a higher desire and a lower desire on everything Mm -hmm. right one of you wants something more than the other and the easiest one to play that out in is in sex on frequency. So if you're married to a man, that's the higher desire for sex. Even if he does absolutely nothing that's overtly sexual, you know, he's interested in sex with you, mm-hmm. right? That's just the reality. He could even go so far as to say, I will not initiate sex. The ball is completely in your court when you want it. It's, you know, I'm all yours, whatever it is, you still know he's interested in sex. Right. So being overt makes it a little more, this is what's the reality between us anyway. How do I own that better? Because a lot of times it can become, sex becomes the lowest common denominator as in you're having really bad sex because you're just trying to get what you can or you're trying to appease to get him off your back. Mm. Rather than what's the dynamic really saying and how is that really what I want to say? That's the, that's the overt message. Okay, so if a woman is actually feeling that of, okay, if I give in and have sex with him, because I know he wants sex, but you know, it's going to be mediocre sex because you're not into it. Yep. Is it better for her just to go ahead and go through with it? Or is it better for her to be honest and just be like, I'm not into it right now. Here's why I think that is. This is what I need from you. Because I've heard you say that men don't want mercy sex and to settle for mediocre sex well, is a some, travesty. Some, some will want it because it's at least it's sex. But the, what they have to realize is what they're getting is lousy sex. And so how do you look at it as if she is so much more capable? Because you make the comment of the, mach- the shotgun versus the machine gun when it comes to our sexuality, right? Mm-hmm. A, a woman has this limitless ability if she can tap into it of yeah once is okay once can just be a warm-up you know as far as <laughs> reaching an orgasm let's right. you know i'm going i'm going for multiple helping so you're in for the long haul buddy and he's like crap i can only go once and what do i do now you know and it, but that's a whole different realm rather than looking at it as okay if if she's giving me lousy sex at least it's sex well is it because you're you're getting you're accepting it is just as much of a message as her offering it Mm. and so how do i look at is what i'm wanting and accepting even what i want that's the difference so there can be a benefit of she's like i'm not interested in this i'm willing to do something with you Mm -hmm. to make it about you that's a different 
response. Okay. So she's at least being pleasure. honest. Mm-hmm. I will be a conduit for you and help you. Um, the one way I love to kind of vulgarly say that is I will help you masturbate without using your hands. If you would like to use my body in that way, then fine. But, but what guy is going to be like, okay. <laughs> but that's the difference. Some, some would, and that's the difference. Now you're starting to get a clearer picture of this is what's going on between us. Because now you know you're with somebody that all he's looking for is getting his rocks off. Yeah. He's not looking for you and what you want too. So would it be best for a man? I'm trying to imagine myself in that position. Cause you know, I think that all women, Michelle, would you agree? I think that all women are in this position on occasion where he wants sex. She doesn't necessarily. And so you have to decide what am I going to do with that? Right. And sometimes vice versa. I mean, we talk a lot about, you know, men being the ones that want it more and higher jobs, but that's not, you know, there's a small percentage of women that that's the case for them, you know, that they're the ones wanting sex and he's the one having to decide what am I going to do about it? Absolutely. And that's actually around 30 to 35% right now. Really? The Mm -hmm. the woman is the higher desire. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I would imagine that that is the case, but I know I'm, I'm trying to envision like, what would I need in that situation? And Michelle, I want to hear from you on this too. Um, I'm thinking that if Charlie were to just ask, what do you need for me right now to feel securely connected? And, and, and maybe it's not sex in the moment. Maybe it's, I need you to just look at me in the eye and let's have a conversation about Mm -hmm. the past 24 hours. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's, I need you to give me a back rub because I am in knots right now. Or like, Michelle, how would you envision this conversation going between you and Brian? Yeah, I mean, we're pretty open with our communication. And um, I think that the emotional aspect for both of us is so important which a lot of times, you know, you may not have men that are um, as emotional or as equally, that's as equally important as it is with Brian and I. But if we're off, you know, if we've had a weird kind of off day or work's been crazy, or I know that we're usually not going to just go hop in bed. You know, we're going to talk, we're going to communicate, we're going to touch, we're going to talk about our day. And then so you're saying he needs that as much as you do? Often? He does. Yeah. He does. He's not the type that is just going to need sex and say, Hey, let's go get this done real quick, you know? So, um, we're, we're very sensitive to, uh, each other in that area. And I know that's not always the case. Um, it's kind of a rare, he's a rare find (laughs) when it comes to the men folk out there. Yeah. yeah, The women are thinking you better hold on to him. (laughs) Uh, I am. I am. But if he came to me or I came to him and said, Hey, I I really need this, or I'm feeling this way, or I I would, I want to hear those things. You know, I don't want to feel used for a moment. You know, I'd, I'd rather talk and have great communication and then have great sex. Right. Right. So Corey, for the guy who isn't as sensitive as Brian, what kind of advice do you have for him to help him get on the same page as what his wife is needing? Well, so some of it becomes then, how do you start to see it as what's being communicated already in the dynamic between you? Because what is the sex you're having communicating? Because in some regards, what you're describing, it could be the typical 
married couple. And this is definitely true in the church because women have not been um, exposed to a positive sexual message a lot of times. And so there's a shame, guilt, something built in there. And then it has become a, this is for the man side of things. I mean, if you look at scripture, Pam and I were having this conversation not too long ago. If you look at scripture, uh, men don't, or women don't come across real well. Mm. (laughs) And it it could look at it culturally because that's what's taking place. You know, women were property in that regard. And so she's, she actually made the comment to me. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with that? When, what it says about me. Mm. right and so if you look at it in that context it's like okay this is a one-sided thing and if I look at my marriage as a husband is sex a one-sided thing do I even care about my wife's pleasure Mm. because a lot of times sex for me as a man is faster is what it takes to get it going and accomplished than it is for a woman in most cases Mm -hmm. and so am I willing to put the time in and the work in to warm her up I mean you guys were talking about what do you need to, to be connected to possibly be interested in having sex? In my case with Pam, sometimes what I need is just, I got to turn the heater on in the house. Right. <laughs> Cause a woman can't orgasm with cold feet. It's or proven. she's got to put socks on. Yeah. Because <laughs> cold feet's a problem. But, but it's seeing it as, okay. When I'm looking at this overarching thing, I have to look at it is the sex that I'm having worth wanting with me from her. And if I'll answer that question, honestly, I usually get tremendous data on, okay, this is one-sided. This is all about my pleasure and the glorification of my penis rather than what's really going on between us. And does orgasm even have to happen for it to be a good occasion? And, you know, start looking at the whole language differently Mm -hmm. to see this whole thing as, you know, I love the phrase, married sex to me is a long game. It's not a one-off occurrence, right? Mm-hmm. I make an overture towards sex because I'm the higher desire in my marriage. And whether it lands for tonight or three days from now, good. <laughs> that's, all, that's all that matters <laughs> to me. It's not about does everyone land and it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not, it's not agenda-driven. It's relationship-driven. It's connection-driven. And whether that well, it's, connection... It's, it's both because you can't act like we're all altruistic. <laughs> all through and through. Because the reality is we're not. <laughs> we all have an agenda. Absolutely. And when yeah, I that's can, true. When I, I can I'm... honestly look at my wife and say, you know what? I have an agenda tonight. <laughs> and she can go, so do I. And mine is not the same as yours. We're better off. <laughs> I'm thinking of that scene with Bean Crosby and uh, Rosemary Clooney where he's like, yeah, everybody's got an agenda. Everybody's got a little larceny operating in them. Yeah. Um, and it is, it's very true. Um, okay. So being sensitive to her needs is what I'm picking up as number two. So number one is be overt in, in your communication of what your expectations are, what your hopes right. are. Be sensitive to okay, her I'm, needs. I'm going to change one word in there. Okay. I don't know if I want to keep with the word sensitive because the idea of being sensitive to someone else's needs, this is just the way I'm interpreting it with my man brain um, is I have to see it the way she sees it. And I don't like that. Okay. Because that's an impossibility. What right? word would you put? I, I would use be a student of her needs. I like that. Because I think that's, I need to see it as a learning opportunity to know 
that how do I look at this dynamic better between us so that we can then go back to rule number one of being more overt, that I can accommodate her needs, I can be engaged with that because I'm learning it. But ultimately, I mean, I know you guys because I've heard some of your shows and I got enough history with you, Shannon, to know that just, I can speak for you in this regard. Her needs are her responsibility, not mine. Right. <laughs> right. I right. need to be a good partner we, with that, but it's yeah. not my responsibility to meet her needs. She has to speak up for them first. Right. Just like we've said many times on 60 Marriage Radio that we, every person is responsible for their own arousal, for their own orgasm, but it's certainly more fun to do that together as a dance, uh, but you yeah. got to create the own tension in your dance. Yep. Mm -hmm. And okay. you got to speak up for you. And so if I can be a good student of each other, then I'm, I'm much better off because then I start using the dynamic between us better rather than hoping I can change the dynamic. Right. Okay. So you may have a third one in mind already. And if so, great, but I'm going to slip one in there on you. Do it. I, I want you to address this issue. For example, when, when we heard that, you know, the president was asking us to go into quarantine mode, we were on vacation. And so we cut our vacation short. We came home. Um, Charlie went into fix it mode of, all right, I'm going to be the one to go out and get the groceries and get everything that we need. When what I needed from him after we got back, you know, literally we pulled into the garage and what I needed was to be held in face to face and just, you know, some, some couple time, just the assurance of yep. this is all going to be okay. And I was sick and I was feeling horrible. We didn't know if it was coronavirus or not and you know, all that kind of stuff. And so it's like, we totally missed it because he went into fix it mode and I went into the mode of what's wrong with you that you're not picking up on what I need. Okay. Uh, so could you address the need for men to go into action and fix things versus being, I don't want to say being sensitive because you just told me you don't like that word <laughs> versus, versus being a student of what she may need in that moment. Because in all actuality, I needed a hug far worse than I needed carrots from the grocery store, you know, type okay. of thing. Because carrots don't equate to hug in your mind. Um, well, now, now that I have lots of fresh chopped up organic carrots in my refrigerator, I, I do understand that it was an act of service for him. Okay. And that was his love language. So that's that being a student there too for yes. both of you. Yeah. So we, we've moved beyond it. Yeah. But I know that in a season of crisis like this, there's a lot of those miscommunication moments where one of them is speaking one love language yep. and the other is speaking the other. And you're wondering why aren't you showing me love when it's like, I'm trying, but you're right. speaking your own love language, not the other person. Because the problem is the way you're speaking it isn't overt. It's hoping that the code is cracked rather than seeking what it's saying what I'm really needing. So this is really point number one. It's going back to a reinforcement. In some regards, yeah, because it's that idea of, okay, when you pull in, Shannon, if you would it have gone differently, if as you were walking in the house, you were able to look him in the eye and say, you know what? I really, this is kind of wigging me out. Can I get a hug? This would help exactly. me feel a whole lot better if I could just hang with you. Can we watch a movie before we do that? Can we, what, that's a different approach of taking my needs differently rather than sending the signals, which I hope get interpreted. But a lot of times we're about what we're about. We don't look at the signals from other people. 
Well, and we assume that our signals are overt, but if yeah. it's a signal, it's not overt. <laughs> <laughs> and you add into it the complexities of my signals are read by my partner and they don't care. Well, we assume that it's, we assume <laughs> That's the that dark they don't. Side, and I know you know, maybe, maybe don't want to go on the dark side of this whole thing. No, with the no. But that is the truth of, yeah, I know that, but it also, how do we both grow up in this to realize Okay, what's my part in this? Because I, I go back to, I mentioned earlier, being a good captain, right? That a lot of wives that I've come across, they would rather be the good first officer, which that means they're still in charge of a lot. Mm -hmm. And there's a partnership and a collaboration between captain and first officer. Mm -hmm. First officer also stands up to captain. That's what makes captain good, is by being able to say, no, no, this is what we need in this moment. Right. This right. is what I need. I have an in opinion moment. in this matter. Yeah, I matter too, because it can't just be, I will be submissive to your all-powerful glory. And No, <laughs> not at all. That, that's, that's dictatorship. That's not captain. Right. And so it's, it's seeing it as, how do you each set a good tone, speak up for what is needed or necessary, and then take the steps appropriate after that? Yeah, it's good. All right, so do you have a third concept that you want husbands to grasp besides be overt in your communication and also give your wife full freedom to speak overtly to you. It's okay that she's talking to you like you're eight because she really wants you to understand what she, what she is needing. Like, don't get upset about that. The, the communication is going to be very overt for a while. I'm going to pick at that just a little bit again, um, <laughs> because th this is where both parties need to ask the questions of why is she acting like she's, why is she talking to me like I'm eight? Mm. Because either she's taking the parentified role and I'm really trying to be an adult or it's more likely she's taking the parentified role because I'm being childish. Mm. And so if I want to be treated as someone that's not eight, am I acting as such? So your third piece of advice would be look in the mirror. <laughs> well, marriage is a perfect mirror of all of us <laughs> in life. So is parenting. Right? Exactly. They're they great mirrors of us. Mm -hmm. And What am I learning from this? What's it teaching me? What's my marriage trying to teach me in this moment? That mm -hmm. all that stuff matters tremendously. Because okay. I help co-create it or I collude to help make it happen. Right. Um, and I did a video yesterday talking about just the ripple effects of what kind of vibes are you sending out in this season of chaos? And the, yeah. if the kind of vibes you're sending out are ones of fear and panic and discouragement and overwhelm, that's exactly what you're going to create in the people yep. around you. And that's just going to come bouncing back, boomerang back at you. Yep. If the ripple effects that you're sending out are ones of stability and faith and solidness. You know, I know that that's a word that you love, Corey, of just being solid, mm -hmm. that that's what's going to come back at you. And so, yeah, look in the mirror and figure out what kind of vibes are you sending out? Yeah. Um, so yeah. Any other words of wisdom that you yeah, want to share with husbands? The last, the last thing that comes to my mind is, is building off that idea of being solid, which is that idea of, am I, am I presenting something I would want to have sex with and be married to? as a human and that's for both men and women right? that's it's, a great question to ask yourself when you're looking in that mirror and yep. ask it again Corey just for emphasis right well am I am I presenting something worth wanting right whether to have sex with to live with to be married to to do partnership with to co-parent with all of that am I presenting something that's worth it 
Because if I can ask those questions, then I start to realize the dynamic of where is my solidness? How do I stand up for what matters in my life? How do I speak what needs to be spoken, even if it's going to hurt or be painful? You know, how do I say the truth? Yeah. You know, because that's where you can have the idea of women, how to, as, as the lower desire wife, how does she, you know, I'm a big advocate of she needs to be empowered to be able to say no. Mm-hmm. Right. And sure. The higher if she can't spouse, say no, she can't honestly say yes. Right. If the higher desire husband can't absorb that well, then it's a self-fulfilling prophecy of that's going to be something you try to avoid. Mm-hmm. And that's where you find these huge gridlock sexless marriage situations or sexless seasons situations at a minimum. But how do you start to see it as, okay, how do I speak the truth? How do I be overt about what I care about? And I'm judged accordingly mm-hmm. because that brings into question, what am I putting out there? If, if I am always just trying to, quote unquote, get in my wife's pants, but not caring about the rest of her, that's going to come true. That's going to be seen. Yeah. Or am I also caring about the rest of her? Because then if she comes at me with the whole, all you want is sex, I can look her square in the eye and say, that's not all I want. There's yeah. more to it than that. Because all of these things are moves, right? Yeah. Every person in the life is trying to make a move. So how do I just realize I can't hold that against them? What's that actually saying? You know, that's the joke I say. Sometimes Pam's uh, rejection of my initiation is good judgment on her part because we're at Target, right? And so mm-hmm. she, we probably shouldn't have sex there. So her saying no is a good call. But it's still seeing it as, okay, it's either good judgment or bad judgment on my spouse's part. Yeah. How do I make sure that it's bad judgment as much as possible? <laughs> mm-hmm. But again, when, when she can, or he, you know, like Michelle yep. had a great point, you, you know, when, when the lower does our partner or when either partner has the freedom to say no, yep. then their yes means so much yep. more. Yep. Michelle, would you be in full agreement? Cause I see you bobbling yep. your head um, up and yes. down. <laughs> I'm shaking my head. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So Corey, you've given us some great things to remind husbands yes. about in this season of chaos. Um, if you are thinking that you want to hear more of Dr. Corey Allen's wisdom, I would encourage you to jump over to the podcast, Sexy Marriage. You don't call it Sexy Marriage Radio anymore though, right? Sexy Marriage Nation? No, it's Sexy Marriage Radio. The web address is just SMR Nation. So we've changed, uh, tried to try to simplify stuff because I've discovered anytime the word sex is in a domain, it starts getting kind of issues. So, ah, okay. So, uh, smrnation.com. Yep. That is it. Okay. And if you're thinking, I just wish Shannon had more episodes readily available because I realize that we've only been at this for a few weeks now, (laughs) jump over to sexy marriage radio. And I believe there's over didn't you and I record over 200 episodes? Oh yeah. There's just over 200 between you and I. So, <laughs> <laughs> yep. so lots to binge on and, yep. uh, and you can catch up there. So Corey, thanks so much for taking the time to connect with us. And I know that this is also a chaotic season for Pam because she's a CPA and it's tax time. And I know that come March, April, it's just a really crazy busy time for you because you are dad and you are mom and you are counselor and you are smr guy and all that you have going on so thanks for carving out the time to connect with absolutely this is friends today yeah this is fun it's great to reconnect with you too absolutely and tell us about 
your sexy marriage radio getaway coming up is it are you still planning on having it so far at this point it's set for june so at this point it's still on obviously uh as we're recording this now in the middle of march uh who knows if 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 things in our country and world change then we'll have to make an adjustment and postpone but um we do a we do a yearly getaway for couples that's a four-day getaway um and is it scheduled for Dallas? Yeah, it's scheduled in the Dallas area, uh, middle of June. Uh, you can find more at smrnation.com forward slash getaway. Uh, that's also where we'll be updating if we need to make any kind of changes. We're just basing it off of participants and their fear, reluctance, uncertainty. And once we get an information, we'll, we'll make the calls we need to. Right. And just so everyone knows, we have made the executive decision to postpone our um, uh, our sexually confident couple workshop because it involved international travel and that's right. being so heavily discouraged. Uh, we made the agreement with Naya Resort and Spa to postpone it exactly one year. So if you were looking forward to some sort of marriage getaway this calendar year, I highly recommend the Sexy Marriage Radio getaway. You will not regret it. Uh, Corey is going to be bringing all kinds of great stuff and the, the, the tribe is just so awesome. Yeah. I, I really love the people involved in that tribe. And so give them all my warmest regards. Absolutely. And, uh, look forward to reconnecting with you at any point in time, my friends. It's always great to see you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on.